January 6, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
thoughts running through my head Racing, turning, churning through my head Thoughts pulsing all the time My body's aching I'm so tired But I can't switch off I just wanna go away Go to sleep I'm so tired But I can't switch off for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. First Wednesday of the year? Maybe? Yes. I am correct. And there's a gunfight at the dumb shit gulch right now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a lame book, so fuck it. <laughs> uh, we start with John Coltrane. Take six of one up, one down. And then, uh, well, Brother Matt, because we're in quarantine mode still, so what Brother Matt at the Love Grotto on the Love Point a couple miles south. But I'm not totally mad alone, people, because of those uh, engineers from Estonia with their incredible Skype software. I got Mr. Tim Hullhouse with me. Hello. Hi. Hey, Brother Tim, thanks for coming aboard. And you're in the Bromley part of London? Yeah, Bromley. It's like a sort of suburb of of London. It's where uh, David Bowie grew up. So we should say like like metro area or something. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the suburb. It's like right. uh, I think there's six zones in London and we're zone four slash five. Well, the way I know it, it's either north of the river or south of the river. Oh, we're very south, southeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, in fact, that's probably the only parts uh, affordable, right? <laughs> and anyway, uh, I think Pete Townsend. Not Pete Townsend. Pete Frampton is from there, too, because uh, David Bowie hired him later on, the, the Humble Pie guy. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, were, they went to sc- uh, secondary school together, which is uh, their, their, their little school was sort of uh, down the road from me. But, uh, yeah, um, their, uh, their secondary school, I think Frampton's dad was one of the teachers as well. 
Wow. Even I think he lives in Nashville these days. He married a U.S. Yeah, I imagine he does, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, when I graduated high school in 1976, that record, it was after Humble Pie. It was, uh, like, Steve Marriott kind of took over the band, right? Yeah. But, but uh, oh. it's trippy about that kind of stuff. You know, it, it kind of paralleled with Joe Walsh and the James Gang, except James Gang wasn't Joe Walsh's band. But sometimes you, yeah, it's trippy about that stuff. Uh, sometimes people just come in and like just take over I, I, I in fact I've, I've done it myself as a as a being in a band I was like the third singer in this band called Among the Missing and I totally sort of did the Mike Patton thing of like come in and just basically take over oh like, from like, Chuck <laughs> yeah with the faith no more yeah 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 I did I did that I, I like the drummer wasn't up to scratch. He was gone. I I got the drummer in. I wanted. <laughs> it was like it was it was pretty ruthless. But I was like, well, you know, if you want me in this band, because they'd taken me from a uh, like a hardcore band. Actually, funny you, you mentioned earlier San Diego. Actually, I was in a a screamo band before. And uh, this this sludge metal band sort of stole me. <laughs> I like the... I like all the different kinds of categories. Yeah. <laughs> Screamo, Slush, Hardcore, uh, what was the other one, Metal? Yeah, so Sludge Metal, I guess, and Screamo Hardcore. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of rock and roll, though. Tim, let's go back with your musical journey. What what, what's your early in Bromley there, huh? When you were a little boy, what's your first or your earliest musical recollection? Um, well, I was actually grew up in a place called Portsmouth. uh, Portsmouth is where I was born. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. No, Virginia. <laughs> oh, Portsmouth. Oh, I suppose there's. there's but so I've been to that one. I've been to that one. I think I played there with Jay Mascus in the Fog. They had a place called Wormwood Rooms or some. Wedge- the Wedgewood Rooms, yes. I, yeah, I and I got to tell you, I saw a picture. This is why I learned this word, ponce. I saw a yes. picture of these guys <laughs> with pouty lips and, and, and uh, frilly shirts. And I asked the boss there. Hey, what? If, and somebody wrote Ponce across the picture. I said, "What's a Ponce?" And he goes, "Look at that <laughs> picture again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right for Portsmouth, to be honest. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think they got a replica of Mr. Drake's gold hind there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've got like the we've got the ships as well. We've got the Victory, the Mary Rose, and but the Golden Hind, the Golden Hind went around the world, and he actually made it. You know where Mister Magellan got killed in the Philippines? He actually made the whole voyage. He almost found the city, but they missed it. Right? They, he kept going yeah. up to Oregon and shit. But but anyway, yeah. in Portsmouth, uh, what earliest musical recollection? Uh, earliest musical recollection um, probably is uh, The Cure on Top of the Pops, which is like a pop show, and seeing Robert Smith. Um, it's either, either that or possibly my mum playing The Kinks. It's around about the same time when I was about four. Um, my mum was a big fan of The Kinks, and it, she played Lazy Sunny Afternoon. Now, this pad you grew up in Portsmouth... Was there musical instruments? Um, my granddad, my granddad was a, a big music fan. He wasn't a musician, but he was a big music fan. And I know that my first, my first Christmas, apparently, my mum hated him because he bought me a little drum, and I hit it the whole time. Not and a kit, just a drum. 
Yeah, it's like a little snare drum when I just hit it with one stick. No, no, I say that, Tim, because if you remember the first Jesus, Teenage Jesus in the Jerks record, it said uh, Bradley Delp, the, the drummer man, it just said drum. <laughs> <laughs> drum. <laughs> and that's all he played was a snare drum like you. Okay, so yeah. she she was a little so, annoyed by this. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but, so but they were listeners. The drum away, and I'd try apparently, and then like it was like it was like she had to work out what was worse, the drumming or the uh, the crying. <laughs> right. But she was listeners. She had a record collection, right? The Kinks. Uh, yeah, mum liked like the Kinks and the Beatles, like the classic stuff, and then her dad sort of would play me. Her dad was like a massive fan of Johnny Cash, um, sort of Bill Haley and the Comets and that early rock and roll stuff. So. I got a little bit of that my father wasn't really into music per se. He was an academic, so he didn't really understand it all. But my mum had been a my mum saw the Beatles like the Rolling Stones and in fact before my dad was in fact engaged to the guitar player from Manfred Mann, if you know that band. Yeah. I'm a man. <laughs> no, that's Spencer yeah. Davis. Or no, no, it was. It was. It was. It was. I'm trying to think of Stevie Winwood. He was with the Spencer Davis. You know, he just, we lost him. He was living on Catalina, the island oh, really? off of here. Yes. Uh, Spencer Davis Group, right? Was the, and his name was Spencer Davis. Yeah, yeah. And Stevie yeah, Winwood, I think he was a teenager then. Great yeah, organ, yeah. great organ player too, and great singer. Okay, uh, what about at school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? I was in, I, I was in recorder club. Uh, which is recorders like, like uh, recorders. Um, it's not the machine. Let, let me tell the listeners, people. This ain't the machine that you record stuff with. This is like a plastic version of a diatonic flute. Yeah. So I was. I was. I had. I had uh, one of those uh, mainly because we had like a. Uh, I think I was. I was must have been about ten or something. But like, I think my my, my brain was starting to sort of work out attraction to the opposite sex, shall we say. And we had this very young student teacher who just like just graduated from university and become it was her first teaching job. And she was really beautiful and she, she ran the recorder club. So I was like, right, I'm I'm doing this. Okay. And then it and then I guess after that I kind of took up flute. I uh, played the flute until I was uh, until I was about twelve. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said flute because flute, you actually got to blow the wind across a hole and the recorder's got like a built-in fucking, you know, you just got to blow into it. There's, yeah, yeah, I did, I did that as well as well. Yeah, I mean, I like, yeah, I kind of did all those. And then uh, I couldn't, I'm dyslexic, so I couldn't read the music. So I didn't, I, I didn't sort of pass anything since about 12, because uh, I still can't read music, score anyway. Um, So I just sort of like, Basically, um, listened by ear and played along by ear. Oh, um, okay. Th that got me through to a certain point, and then there was like, ah, uh, yeah, and then I couldn't do it anymore. And it wasn't really until I was about, I think, fourteen, fifteen, I took up the bass guitar. And um, why? And sort of, why the bass? Why, why the bass? Uh, it looked cool, and every band I'd ever seen, I was into like. Um, all the bands I was into, I was all, the bass player was always the cool one. And so what, kind of, like, what kind of bass did you get, Tim? 
I got an encore. I, I spent um, spent the whole summer painting fences and mowing lawns, and bought um, so about fifty five pounds. And it was, but it was back then it felt like a lot of money, fifty five pounds. And I, I bought this encore bass. It was heavy as hell. It was it was made to look like a, a Fender, a Fender bass, like a, I think a sort of. Not a jazz master, like just a Fender P sort of E bass sort precision. of thing. Yeah, P precision. Yeah, precision. P bass sort of thing. But it was just it was just heavy, horrible and cheap. But it, it did for my first What about an amp? What about an amp? Um my mum, bless her, when I went to buy the bass, she said, Well, you're gonna need an amp and bought me this little five watt uh practice amp. Mm. <laughs> which was Made it sound kind of like a bee in a biscuit tin, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to play trap. Trapped. As I look up and I see that the roof is on fire And I wonder to myself when I'll end up in a funeral pyre And look down and what was once the floor is now a hole and I'm consumed Nothing of me remains I'm trapped Nothing of me remains I'm trapped
To the highway, long leg, long gone, baby, wave bye bye.
the door. Please don't shut the door. I come a long, long way. I don't have much to say. Yes, yes, I know. I know it's been a year or more. Please don't shut the door. I just got something I want to tell you. You see the up for days in these no doors eyes. Baby, I've been riding on rockets and I've been whispering secrets. I packed a pack of lies, empty alibi. I got a pint of the bumpy. What I am A pint of the bumpy You know The bumpy Seagram's gin In the bumpy bottle And a pack of what I am Well that would be cool Burning out by you Sack, throw you over my back, down that track, clickety clack, clickety clack, clickety clack, I didn't get it, I get it, I better, yeah, I'm going to rip steer. I'm going to rip steer. I'm going to rip stick. Yeah, I'm going to rip stick, rip stick, rip stick, rip stick, rip I'm going to rip steer.
need control. Watch for Pedro show. That was Tim Hohaus uh, with the trap. Starting that chunk of music. Weird feelings after that from Dublin with masses. That's got Bushy on drums. Uh, I met Andrew Bush drumming for Estelle, I think 17 years ago now at Whelan's. And he's just a great cat. He's got his own uh, little show playing music too. He just played me actually the other day uh, on on his radio show. He just played a song of of my latest album, Lost, as well. For fuck, Tim! I think that's the connect, or is it Tim Pierce? Ian Pierce. Ian Pierce. Yeah, Yeah, because Ian Pierce. Ian Pierce did a project with Bushy called uh, Organs, and they had me do Organs three point five. One of it was play bass with along with him, and the other one was read a Mm -hmm. poem. Yeah, so I, I know I know Bush. I've played with the Stell several times. I was actually just chatting to him the other day about his new band Yurt as well. Bushy and Ian's been in like hardcore. I've sung, in fact, I sung live for uh, Comply or Die in Pierce's hardcore band, and I've known him for years as well. Those those are sort of my crew over in Ireland when I go over there. That's great. That's great. Yeah. You know, uh, Yurt. I've. I, He's had that a few years now. Uh, yeah. The graphics and bass, bass guy does all the work, mainly. Mm-hmm. And I uh, played all kinds of music on the show and love it. I should tell the people, uh, we also had Hans Rotten out of Switzerland with fingertip vocals, the uh, the demo. And then uh, Red Stick from the Numbers Band out of Akron, very influential band. And uh, I think the sax player was the pretender singer brother. Guy by Voices Crash at Lake Placebo. Uh, Bob Pollard with another album. You go, Bob. Bomas Prendon, uh, Phantom Limb, the last from the Missing Look Again record that just came out after 40 years. Uh, Snake in the Grass. Dustin Wong, he was on a couple episodes ago. Archetype Anonymous. Interesting guy. Uh, well, I've been lucky to have all kinds of interesting people on. Thank you, Tim, for being on. Agnes Stick out of. Fucking Austin with face to hand to land. N- n- nothing wrong with Austin. I love it. I probably would live there if I was had to live in Texas. Uh, finally, uh, Tim Hohouse. Control. In fact, I would live in almost any town. You know, Sly Stone said it's not where you're from. It's where you're at, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've actually never been to Austin, Texas. I had a show booked there once and I had to abandon in a, a U.S. tour due to some family issues and um well uh, it's it's the one city I, I really want to play in and i've never got th- got there so it's, it's several when... things for texas it's the capital and it's a, the, the the big colleges there um, mm. although they're all over the state too but that's the big one the longhorns and then but it's got the big music scene too yeah yeah but, so but there's music all there. over it's, texas it's really yeah. you know the whole zz and lightning hopkins thing is actually from houston but he got his rhythm section, you know, Dusty and uh, Frank from Dallas. So, you know, again, you know, it's not where you're from. It's where you're at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't it's pick that other to. shit, right? You, you might have something yeah. to do with picking where you're going. So, yeah. okay, you got a bass. You got a little amp. It's pro- uh, oh, I, I forgot to ask you. First record you bought with your own money, Tim. Uh, I, oh, I, this is a great story. I, um... I, I was a Cub Scout. I was about ten years old, and I, um, they, the older Scouts were on, on uh, looking. At, we went our way for a camp for a week, and the older Scouts were um, 
looking after us and one of them was called Ken and he was like the older brother of uh, a friend of mine and he was like the coolest guy in our whole of our whole of our, our little uh, sort of area that we lived in and he was like a metaler, metal guy and so he had like the leather jacket the shades the, you know the bandana the whole work sort of thing uniform so, yeah, so this is the 80s and the, all the high tops and everything so and I just wanted to be like him and I just followed him around the whole time like a little uh, like a little puppy and I was just like wow he's so cool and he was talking to me about metal and he was playing me stuff and um, my parents had given me money for sweets for the for the camp and I saved all the sweet money I did buy one sweet and I saved it to buy a record and he took me to a record shop and he said you know here's the heavy metal section go and go and buy a record and I bought ACDC back in black because the cover was all black and he'd mentioned ACDC okay so they were in A and it was a little bit like which one do I buy this one's the first one but I got home and I put it on and I just remember my dad's because we only had like a stereo with a turntable in the lounge and I put it on I sort of ran in and put it on and held it all the way home and I put it on and my dad was just like oh I think he read at that point he already knew that he's going to be a musician (laughs) that was the comeback record that's with Brian, yeah. right? That's with Brian. And I think Brian's back in the band. Is he back now? Yeah, because yeah. they replaced him with Axl Rose, didn't well, they? Well, I think a... for some gigs. Yeah. 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 So what about the first gig you went to? First gig I went to um, was, I can't quite remember which one was first. Um, Look, it's was... a lot from Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was a toss-up between I saw... Uh, the first one I paid money to go and see was a band called The Shaman, who were like, I, I have no idea if they ever made it to America. They were like a sort of rave guitar band crossover sort of thing. It was sort of like a guitar band that basically got into electronics, early electronics in the 90s. Well, those are better descriptive words than screamo. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. into this category stuff with music. You know, uh, Remember Tim Yohannan, Maximum Rock and Roll? They would have all those different uh, c- c- crust. Uh, yeah, pop, yeah. The one that got me was Power Violence. Power <laughs> Violence, yeah, that was that. Oh, that's... It's hard for me to tell the difference and stuff. I think but... I grew up because, I, I mean, I got quite early, early, like maybe late teens, early 20s, got into Maximum, reading Maximum Rock and Roll, and that's kind of a lot of where my education. Yeah, of course, of, of course. And he was a great guy. Tim was a great guy. Mm. I, I, really, I really miss a cancer guy. Um, mm. So so what did you get in a band, like, you know, after school, with uh, classmates, you know, the bedroom band, the basement band, the garage band. Did you do that shit? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, uh, In fact, the first one, the first one even had my uh, younger sister on drums. And, wow. then we replaced, and then we replaced it with the drum machine because uh, the uh, the drum machine didn't throw a tantrum after about 20 minutes or something. And you're using the bass with this 5-watt amp. Yeah, my friend had a guitar uh, that he'd been gifted by his uncle with a, a really massive amplifier. So he had like way more power than me. And where'd you um, practice? Where'd you practice, Tim? Uh, we practiced uh, in his house because mostly because uh, his amp was so heavy that he couldn't carry it. And mine wasn't. <laughs> now, was, um, it, was this band? Sometimes, sometimes we practiced at, uh, at my mum my, my and dad's 
uh, utility room sort of thing, like a spare room, like by, by the by the garage. Okay. Um, so, did uh, this band ever do gigs, or was it just a practice band? We did play my sister's birthday. That was it. Okay. Now, did um, you did you play your own songs, or did you copy off records like me and D Boone? Um, we wanted to be, well, I wanted to be in Swans. So we basically played one riff for about 15 minutes as loud as we could. I got news. You know, I think the fucking Sister Ray was a little ahead of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like, yeah, we were like, we wanted to be Swans. Well, I wanted to be Swans. No, no, good band, good band. And it was like, and I just, but like that early stuff was kind of sounded like we could sort of do that. So we just yell obscenities over, uh, over like. Well, you know, Michael, Michael's from up the hill here, from Pedro. It's called Palos Verdes. Yeah, not too far from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he he ended up going to New York City and stuff, and, and incredible cat. Uh, and and you know the band evolved in in those days. It was more like slow motion box of chains falling down the stairs. Yeah, the, their bass man, their bass man going. would wrap his hand up in a rag because he just beat mm. the fuck out of this thing. Yeah, yeah, they, they I, I think that was the point when I when I discovered Swans when I was about fourteen. I was just like, I knew <laughs> that I was never going to have like. And that and Beefheart, I thought I think I was never going to be like into normal sort of mainstream. Ah, we don't like straight. that word normal. We don't like that word normal. Yeah, it's too scary. Too stuff. scary. It was like Look, all my Tim, friends were listening to like Stone Roses and Oasis. Well, later Oasis, I guess. Tim, I gotta uh, I gotta stop you right now because we're at the end of the first hour, January sixth, twenty twenty one. Dishwap Pedro Show special guest Tim Holehouse. Hold tight for hour two. January 6, 2021, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. I can't have what I 
lot for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Tourette's by Tim Holhouse. And uh, I was telling uh, Tim that the big revelation to me was, hey, Tourette's don't have to be cussing. Because I thought it was just cussing like crazy man. Well, a crazier man. <laughs> when I found Jonathan Lethem's book, A Motherless Brooklyn, the, the, the protagonist, the detective guy, he has a Tourette's and it's just ticks. So like he has to, if he sees a phone, he's got to press certain numbers and, you know, so many step on every crack and shit like that. that that's what it is. It's, it doesn't mean just cussing. Yeah, I used to, in fact, that song's actually written about a guy I used to work with. He uh, he would um, he would do like a circle when before typing any letter on a keyboard. He would have to do a circle round, and he would like occasionally sort of twitch and tick and stuff. It was a really nice guy, and it was uh, it was like it, I guess at first you're kind of a little bit like oh you notice it, but after a while you do sort of find that you 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 kind of just ignore it it just like doesn't really even register that's what this guy alan did and it was just like you know that that was just him and he was he was a nice guy and he was yeah, very sweet well you know what tim you're a nice guy too and open-minded and you didn't because usually you know you know by pecking order chickens if you show a little weakness you're out of the <laughs> you're over yeah. the ropes and out of the ring i gotta tell people we heard sam bennett after that with john lewis bridge Respect for Brother John Lewis. Waku Waku Kingdom with Blow It Up Live. Border Live from Foodie, Osaka. Uh, Biscuit Mouth, Horse Story, Ramon Moro Quartet. Wrong Stop, So It's Cool. No. Wrong Stop, It's So Cool. Come on, why don't fuck it up. Man. Just by reverse, you see there, there's a little dyslexic, Tim. I fucked up the whole <laughs> title of it. And then <laughs> finally, inside, Tim Hohouse. So did the birthday gig go good? Um, I think it was pretty terrible, to be honest. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I, I'm just wondering. Because you can only have your first gig once, right? So that's why I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. I think my first sort of, like, it was it was to my sister's friends. My first proper gig was probably the next band, which was like, a, was uh, I was playing, but was my first one properly playing bass in a proper, it was a band. We had a drummer and a guitarist. And in fact, we even recorded, it was a battle of the bands. And that was a, a Christian battle of the bands, and we came second. And a we Christian? What? You had to be Christian to be in the no, battle? No, no, it was just, it was run by the local, uh, like this this kid who was a sort of very sort of Christian okay, okay. guy, and he'd hide out a hall, and he basically asked anybody he knew that was in a band locally to sort of come and play. Um, it, it being me and, we were called the Annabelle Club after... Um, uh, after the the guitarist singer, his his uh, his love was he was in love with this girl called Anna Annabelle. She didn't give a shit about him, but <laughs> it wasn't the singer he, of uh, Bow Wow Wow. Oh no 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 no! Sadly, no no. It was just a girl that we knew, but um, yeah, it was it was it was really funny. And then we were like. But we brought all our mates along, so it was like all our mates. So all the judges, we would. I mean. Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I had a two two string bass, and uh, we called the Annabelle Club. We were pretty terrible. It was sort of why, why two two string bass? You didn't tell me that. Oh, it was it was because the D and the G were confusing me, so I just left the A and the E on it. Ah, do you know about Jerry and the Misfits? Yeah, yeah. He'd <laughs> have like... he'd have E and A twice, so when he broke one string, he could just move. 
<laughs> just move. Yeah, he used to break the headstocks off too and stuff. Yeah, big I, was, man, I figured big I wasn't man. using them. So um, we were sort of like punk, punk rock, um, a little bit grunge, <laughs> which was definitely of the era. Nirvana were the biggest band in the world at the time. So yeah, but Chris had a four-string bass. Yeah, he had a four-string. He was a much better bass player than me. It was like it was. So I figured that like the two the two were just confusing the hell out of me. So you know, uh, you know, he was a boy in Pedro here. He moved, oh, really? yeah, 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 he moved up to Aberdeen and with, with Kurt and all that. But he, I think, up to twelve years old, he lived here. About Croatia yeah. guy, you know. There's a community here. So, uh, Tim, when did you get your own band? My own band. So. Um... Like, as in, yeah, so I guess, like, the first thing that I kind of... Like, you're not naming it after the guy's girlfriend, you know, or wannabe um, girlfriend. So after that, I did a band called Novastar, which was actually the drummer from Annabelle Club's kind of songs um, initially. But then I started I started writing songs once I sort of learned a bit more guitar as well. Oh, is this what you told me about where you took over the band? <laughs> Oh no, no, that that was yeah, that's a lot later. Yeah, okay. no, I just actually I've been writing my book and doing a band archive on Patreon because I'm not on on the old Patreon thing. There's a weird um, site called bandtoband.com and they have all the fucking link ups of who's who was in what shit. Oh yeah, I mean I think you could do a really good one of like even just the London scene here, the UK scene, like who sort of <laughs> who's been in what band and who's crossed over. I think you might have played with Crumbling Ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in London. Yeah, I remember um, those cats. I want to yeah, play, so, I, I got to so play. So uh, from Crumbling Ghost was in Among the Missing, a band I was in, and yeah, etc. And that, so, <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think the first thing I kind of did that was really like me and it was like, I was the singer in Nova Style, but I, I took a while to get sort of my foot in the door to put my songs in there was probably the next thing I did after that split was because that was sort of like an indie rock band. It's just kind of like, you know, just standard jangly, jangly guitars. Wasn't really what I wanted to do was, was a band called Shiba, which was like, we were a seven piece band in the end. So it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, but but you were the shot caller, right? But yeah, I was, I was the bass player, but I was the band leader because everybody looked to me. It was very strange in, in that, yeah, we were sort of like somewhere between Godspeed, you Black Emperor and Hawkwind and with a little bit of Spaceman 3 thrown in. Yeah, probably a little Sonic Youth because when I think of Black... Yeah, yeah oh yeah, definitely Youth. a little bit of Sonic Youth in there, yeah. Or, or, or Mogwai, right? Big instrumental cinematic kind mm. of pieces. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. We had these big long instrumentals. We did have some some words in at first, but then they sort of they sort of disappeared after a while, and it became all about sort of really just about the music. Ephraim, with Ephraim with that band, boss. and it was a lot of fun. Um, that band, and it, it's a shame it really only lasted like three or four years. Okay, I want to play Rust here. From that world 
For Pedro Show, that chunk of music started with Trust from Tim Holhouse, Transit Drum. After that, I feel this Donna Tiger with the Rangagados and La Arena. Donna Tiger, yeah. Recognition from the new Harnessians, the Ritual Defeat plus Dog Plus, and finally, Voices from Tim Holhouse. Now, all the music I'm playing from this edition, Tim, it's from your most current record. And because we got to kind of skip ahead, but you did all these bands that lasted two or three years. And then about 15 years ago, you, you, you went solo? Yeah. So uh, my main sort of band among the missing uh, sort of fell apart kind of very unceremoniously. I, I I don't appear on the second record. I walked out of the studio. But I'd been doing solo stuff kind of in the background anyway just like just really for myself and yeah it just sort of it sort of stemmed from there and now this new album which came out only uh at sort of middle of november this year uh, lost is actually very very different to everything i've ever done before it's the first time i've really used electronics and uh sort of midi stuff to make a record i usually like a lot of my stuff is kind of blues or guitar based um stuff that i can play on an acoustic guitar this record i have no idea how i'm going to play it live yet um i've, I've found a version and uh, i've made an acoustic version of one of the songs called twitch but it's 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 going to be quite interesting to see how i can actually play this one live i've, I've if i even will um but yeah i've I've been doing 15 years touring around here, there, and everywhere. I've been pretty much on the road for 14 of the 15 years I've been solo. Um, I've toured in, in your country, I think, about eight times. Uh, Canada, about three. Been to Iceland, Japan, Australia. Um, it's all around Europe, obviously. 
So yeah, it's it's been, it's been great, but it's it, it was nothing something I never really planned to do. That's the thing. Yeah, but that's the thing about fucking life. <laughs> it <laughs> happens, right? Whether you uh, give it permission or not. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. January 6, 2021, Dishwap Pedro Show. Hold tight. Oh, yeah. special guest Tim Hoas. Hold tight for our three. January 6, 2021. <laughs> it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
things as they are. Evaluate the situation and compose yourself.
Bobby's one of them guys that can't do nothing right. It ain't like he don't try. He tries with all his might, but no matter how tantalizing the reward, no matter how precise the plan, well, it always goes Maryland south, and the shit doth hit the fan. Bobby heard from Big Lou a shipment coming through. Some drugs, some guns, and maybe a stolen sports car, too. Now, this was out of Bobby's league, but he owed some guy some dough. Sense of humor, and his thumbs was gonna go. Now, when the threat of no thumbs new lies, your man says hit sights higher. Bobby bought a gun from Big Lou, unbeknownst to Bobby, known to miss fire. But it wasn't like he was gonna shoot, he was gonna aim, and they was gonna run. See, watching old Sylvester Sloan movies on Netflix was the closest Bobby ever got to a gun. Arrived at the dock, Bobby was there in the mass, scrutinizing two dozen Russians involved in the unloading task. The moon lit the scene well. Feeble, Bobby's voice did yell, "Give up the goods, you freaking Ruskies!" And they laughed, "Go to hell!" Morris grabbed the gun, and at Bobby he aimed clear. But as predicted, that gun misfired and blew Boris's brains clear off the pier. Heading up the rear, those men Bobby owed money to and feared, with automatic weapons, ending two dozen Russian careers. They confiscated the goods. And they heard Bobby's pleas to show they were generous. They let him keep his thumbs, but they broke both his knees. So here sits Bobby celebrating. His good fortune in a coma, but the loan of that gun from Big Lou has a certain foul aroma. 'Cause if Bobby had been the one that had fired that gun instead, well, admittedly he'd be here with his knees and his thumbs intact, but indeed no fucking head. Slip on the band, 'cause I'm a garbage man. 
Lock for Pedro Show. We started the third hour off with Tim Holhouse in Polar. Then Crane with Smooth Move. Bobby and the Russians from Hamelon Trial. Fatso Jetson with Garbage, you know, that cramp song I love. Right? Got to beat it with a stick. Mm. <laughs> Sassafras, PP Hop, Finally Fade, Tim Holhouse. So look, solo record. But you're not the only guy on this record. I know no, a woman's voice. Yeah. This, this one was. This well, one tell was me how really... it was. Re- tell me how it was recorded, Tim. Like, where and and, yeah, it wasn't a band, right? You just brought people in. Yeah. So first, first I mean, it never was actually in, initially intended as a record. Uh, about I think about uh, 2016, I was touring in Canada, doing it on the Greyhound buses, and Canada, as you probably well know, is. Uh, very very yeah a lot of distance a lot of distance yeah there's a lot of fuck all basically so um i i had an ipad and so i would just like sit there trying to kill the hours making trying to work out how to make midi uh, stuff on the ipad using garage band it's like nothing sort of clever or anything like like clever programs just the free software that came with um came with the iPad and I just sort of make these little tunes and uh, that and I was just sort of like oh yeah this is this this one sounds pretty cool this one's rubbish delete that sort of thing and then somehow like ended up with like 13 I think it was of like decent enough pieces that I played to a friend who does actually does electronic music and he was like you should release this and I'd been writing lyrics as well about mental health issues. And so the two sort of seemed to pair themselves together really nicely. And so I added some guitars on and then so, so, some vocals. But then when I listened to it with just my vocals, I was really unsatisfied with how it it sounded. Because I, I can't, I mean, it's the first time I'd ever tried to sing like that over that sort of style of music. And I, I can just about do a tricky style wee. So... I was like, right, who do I know? And I just sort of asked a few people, asked on the internet as well, and got a, and because it was for a mental health charity, everybody was like prepared to um, give their services for free, which was awesome. Um, my friend Barbara Luck, she was incredible, uh, well worth checking out his music, absolutely wonderful, wonderful human being as well. Um, I believe you know him, Leval. Uh, absolutely, South London guy. Yeah, yeah, Leval appeared on it, um, and Leval smokes a lot of weed, bless him, and so he managed to... Uh, it's legal like, here, fog, Tim. Fog up my... Yeah, it's not legal over here, but he managed to... I've been smoking up. it since I was 12, and I ain't hooked yet. Yeah, <laughs> Lee's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's about the same age. He's like, great guy, and so he, um, he came and did some, and then there's some people sent me stuff who... Because uh, I started finishing putting it together it was one of these things where it was like i started it in 2016 and it'd been sort of like a a thing on the back burner every time i came home from tour other records overtook it came out before it or got finished before it it was one of those things that was really on the back burner and then i guess when lockdown happened it kind of pushed it to the front because it was something i could do i could finish off here at home especially as uh, the start of the lockdown, I had I had very little stuff because I'd actually been recording down in um, the West Country, the West of England, where 
my parents live. And because I've been on tour in the States, actually, when, when this all kicked off, I had to fly back from New York, in fact. Um, I, I had sort of all my recording gear. I'd been recording somebody down in the west of England, and I'd left it in my car, which I'd left with my dad, because when I'm in the States touring, I lend my car to my dad, because he hasn't got a car. <laughs> yeah, it so, happens. Uh, and that's very kind of you. Uh, yeah. I, I want to ask you something. When you were composing yeah. on the iPad, were you using the virtual instruments? Yeah, yeah, a lot of the time, and then like just. I got a, I got a guy. In fact, Barry Burko, he's been mm. on the show. A cat I met in Tel Aviv. The Stooges played there. Brother Steve did some uh, free music in next door in Jaffa, and Barry's made whole albums on his not even an iPad, a leash, because on the i phone there's a Garage Band too. Just yeah, I've using, got it on my phone as well, yeah. <laughs> just using virtual instruments. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I, I love playing around with it and just like you can manipulate stuff. I mean, I, I did sound engineering in 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 at university, so it sort of like kind of honed some of my skills from that as well. And I can sit there and work out, well, like, you know, tweak this, move that. Oh, yeah, if I do this and do that, then it will also make this sound. And I kind of find it fun. And I, actually, a lot of the time I just... I just make tunes on my phone or on my iPad for fun. And, and, and this is kind of how Lost really came about, was because I was just making it for myself. I wasn't planning to release it. I, I do mainly guitar and either like acoustic guitar or sort of guitar, bass, drums sort of records. I don't do this sort of thing. And then. Well, you said you made a version of Twitch acoustic. Let's listen to that right now. Around 
like I should be six feet underground. Yeah, I was lost. I was lost. Never found. Sometimes I feel like I should be six feet underground. Yeah, I was lost. Yeah, I was lost. I was lost. I'm the evil in your eye. I'm not what you expect. From tonight, my symptoms they cannot test. I'm a fire within your soul. 'Cause I was lost, I was lost, but never found. Never found. Sometimes I feel like I should be six feet underground. Yeah, I was lost. I was lost, but never found. Sometimes I feel like I should be six feet underground. I should be underground. Yeah, I was lost. Yeah, I was lost. I was lost. Yeah, I was lost. I was lost. Yeah, I was lost. Wrong, but no one's home. I'm underneath, hiding from the naked eye. There is more to me than you will ever see. There's more to me than just you and me. I was lost, but never found. Yeah, I was lost, but never found. Yeah, I was lost, never found. Yeah, I was lost, but 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 never found. I was lost, I was lost, I was lost, I was lost, I was lost.
time for Pedro Show, the last music for this edition. Tim Holhouse. Now, he was going to run and get the fucking acoustic guitar, but we played the version off the Lost album here. So, when gigs come back, you're going to have this record, have versions that you'll play in front of people. Uh, we had uh, Rapin with the... Uh, oh, the uh, the Jask. Yeah, 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 because I played over Daigo yest, uh, last show. And this is yeah. like a an alter ego of yourself, right? Yes, this is uh, now. Yeah, and uh, I heard actually where you said, "Oh, he's it, like, it, it, is it? Uh, it it's it, it's in Norwegian, but I don't think he's Norwegian. I'm definitely not Norwegian, but it's actually in Sami, um, Sami, Finland, is... Finland. Yeah, or yeah, it's or, or it's older than that stuff, right? It's the 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 ancient peoples from that north part. Yeah, right? yeah, the only indig true indigenous people of Europe. Um, and this, the, uh, they live in the Arctic Circle, so it's sort of Finland, northern Finland, northern Norway, northern right, Sweden. Right, right, right. Um, my partner's actually from like Porvo down near Helsinki, but um, Pori? Sort of, I, Is it called Pori? Uh, Pori, no, it's uh, Porvo. Okay, because Pori, I was almost killed by a fucking storm that came out of the sky at a Stooges gig in like 10 seconds and blew the stage down. It's oh, like I, 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 my Pori story is actually played there on New Year's Eve one year. It was a crazy fun night and ended up drinking with the bass player from the band Circle. Oh, wow. And is I that love the, that band so much. So is it, it's like, it Tool? That's the Tool guys? Uh, it, it's Circle. The uh, No, not Perfect Circle. Circle oh. as in Finnish band Circle. If, oh, if you don't know them, check them out. They're incredible. Thanks, thanks. Uh, I will turn up. Uh, I got to um, tell... Say the last song that you played was the title song, Lost. Yes. Now, and, and you say it's it's related to mental issues. Because I think some people think being a little whatever, you know, insane is like happy time. But it's actually not, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, uh, it, it's, it's a very, especially now, it's very vitally important, really. Um, but, yeah, I suffer from bipolar, so I'm like... I, I'm like, I'm either like manic and running around like a lunatic or I'm just like, oh, I can't get out of bed. And and it, it is something I think that people need to talk about. And so with this album, I was, I was very, I know some people who run mental health charities, my friends Brain Aid in Athens, Georgia, and uh, Imp in uh, Medway in, in Kent uh, here in the UK. And so I thought, well, it's 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 all like yeah this 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 life of a roller coaster has been pretty good to me you know i've been up and down but yeah it was it was it felt like it was a good way to give back so uh myself and the record label actually put all the money into the pressing of the the cd ourselves and every last penny that anybody spends on buying the record goes to to very very deserving mental health charities so that's been that was a sort of nice way to to release this record i think it's beautiful tim i think it's really bitching and, and open-hearted uh would you include autism with something like this yeah I, I, yes yeah, i ask actually... i ask because when d boone we, mm. we had this school that helped autism people and d boone would uh volunteer time and play acoustic guitar and the kids that were had a wall Mm. the music could yeah. get through in a way in fact the song artistic is about autism I, again i've got a friend who's autistic who um who sort of wrote that one about so yeah yeah it's like 
yeah, it's 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 incredible. Sort of like now, the, as time goes on, a lot I think where a lot of people more people are sort of learning about this stuff, and it's becoming more common knowledge. But I can imagine when back when D Boom was doing it, it was like that people were you know put put them in the corner. So that is really great to hear. The idea of music as a therapy, you know, Brother Sam mm. from the Go Team, we made a project, and he was living mm. in Brighton at the time. And he still works there, and he he works at a pad. They they use music to help people with these challenges. Yeah, I played I played a show in France in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, me and a friend of mine, we did a like a noise music set, I guess. Um, and the guy's doing like noise therapy for these people with sort of severe learning difficulties. And it was really cool. It was like a music therapy thing. And they like when when they came in, they were like climbing the walls. But by the time we'd finished sort of making our racket, they were all very calm. And it was they were like thanking us and saying how nice it was. And stuff. Oh, beautiful, Tim. Where can people mm. find you on the Internet? Uh, I guess the easiest place is timholehouse.com. OK, so that's uh, yeah, you should, you, yeah, you should spell that for people. Tim, Tim, please spell that. I didn't mean to talk over you there, but spell it for people. Uh, so it's Tim, T-I-M, obviously, and then Whole House, H-O-L-E-H-O-U-S-E, and then it's dot .com. So yeah. it's Tim Whole House, all one word. That's and great. That's great. And, and what's your, are you, got plans to record new stuff or is stuff on the burner right now? I do. I do. And um, I have, I, I, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say, because it's supposed to be, uh, it's a very secret one. Okay, what that's doing. all right. Just as long as I know you got something coming, because when it comes, well, I've, got, I've got somebody that you'd probably know. If, um, in fact, I'm pretty sure you might know at least one or two of the people that are going to be on the record. Okay, what, what I'm saying is, when it comes out, will you come back on the show and we can talk about it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, you don't have to give had... away any secrets. You don't have to fucking do treason on anything okay okay but yeah no I, I, like mr wells mr orson wells said there no wine before it's time it will get done when it gets done sort of thing so yeah i had gareth sager on he was talking he knows old people who lived during the blitz mm. talk about inconvenient yeah, yeah so <laughs> we gotta keep it perspective really. right yeah. Tim, a big honor like i said please come on the show when you get this new thing done yeah. It's been the uh, January 6, 2021 edition. Why Pedro shall keep your powder dry.